to worship him. And isn't it wonderful that Jesus is our Savior? It's wonderful that we're able to celebrate the truth of his love. Because when Jesus came, he came giving. And it's through his gifts that you and I are now a part of the family of God because when we give our lives to Jesus Christ and believe in the gift that he is, that we become a part of the family of God. And when he is Lord of your life, you're able to say to the one be true, Jesus, it is. Come on, can we praise God in this place? Come on, thank God for our praise team. Let's praise God for our choir. Because it was in this worship setting. It's in the worship setting that we actually see the text that was read into our hearing. And it's interesting as we see this because prior to, at the beginning in the temple, Christ is speaking to all those who are gathered And he's sharing with them what it really means to worship God. Christ is in the temple. And it's in the temple that he encourages, I believe, believers to be what I'd like to call uh, with all kind of believers. That when we worship God and we gather in the context of worship, that we understand that Jesus is here. Jesus is among us. His presence is with us, and he sees us. I hope you catch this. And he wants to use us. And so he's in the temple right there in Mark chapter 2. And he's, he's just retired, if you would, from teaching and preaching. And what was he teaching and preaching? But if you were to look at the 30th verse, he tells those who are listening what is the most important commandment. This is important for us to get this. The most important commandment. Some of you know it. He said that you ought to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. So when we worship God, we worship God with all, through all, in all, and with all. We are called to worship him. So as he now has done challenging the scribes and the Pharisees, Christ in worship sits across from the treasury box. He he takes his seat, Wyatt, and, he, and he's watching, the Bible says, those who are contributing in the offering. Now, before you tune me out and you decided to change the channel at home, uh, let me encourage you by telling you that worship is by God definition, giving rather, is by God's definition an act of worship. I really have to press this claim because God anticipates, expects, and prescribes that the people of God worship him not just in singing. We do worship him that way. Uh, Not just in, in praying. We do worship him that way. Not just in reading and studying the word, but also in our gifts that support the body of Christ and the work of God. There's an expectation. Because giving is an act of worship. 
It didn't just begin in the temple, but can you see yourself in the temple? Can you see yourself with Christ sitting across from you, watching as you give unto him? That's the scene. Amanda, uh, the Bible says that, that he, is, he is sitting there and he is observing. This is not casual. This is intentional. He is watching those who are giving. Uh, but, Mike, you know it also means then that he sees those who are not giving. <laughs> he, he, he watches not only who's giving, but he sees what they're giving. And he knows what they're giving from. Our, our giving is a part of our worship because giving has always been a part of worship. It, is, it didn't just start in this century, nor did it just start here in the context of our text. But if you go to the first family when there was worship, look at Cain and Abel. There were offerings that were given. All through the Bible, you have those who are always giving in combination with worship because giving is an act of worship unto the Lord. That's why when the presence of God was returned to Israel and, and David was celebrating what God had done with his presence being among them in 1 Chronicles, the 16th chapter, he then declares, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor and the splendor of his holiness. Get this, that any time we worship, we worship giving offerings. Ah, because God expects his people to express gratitude for all that he has given. And one of the ways we express our gratitude for what God has given is in how we give to him. How we give to his work. And look, I, I, I get you. I, I, I want to clear some things up for those who may be listening for the first time. Uh, listen, I, I'm so glad you're here. If you're a guest, I'm glad you're here. I, I'm really talking to the family right now. Huh? Uh, this, this is a family meeting, if you will. Uh, we, we're so glad you're here. And, and we are people who, who don't run away from, from talks about giving because Christ himself speaks about giving. And our text shows that he is intently aware and he is concerned about how we give. But let me be clear. God does not need your money. Mm. You know, if you didn't have that mask on, I'd tell you to go ahead and repeat it to your neighbor because I think they need to hear that. Uh, God does not need our money. No, the truth is your money already belongs to him. You see, God is the source of all good and perfect gifts. God is the source, which means everything that comes from the source is a resource. Oh, come on, let's, let's talk Bible for a moment. Because in Psalm 24, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and everything that dwells within it belongs to God. 
Uh, Haggai, the second chapter says, God says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord, which means everything we give already belongs to him who gave it to us in the first place. So when we give, what we're really doing is we're expressing our gratitude to the one who gave it to us. Ah, he, he, he prescribes giving. And now we see in the text as, as Christ uh, sits there observing those who are giving uh, he is watching intently and in perfect tense. So he's, he's intently watching as they are contributing. And, and look, he says he, he watches those who are giving uh, out of the abundance of their wealth. Now, this is not, pro, this is not a prohibition against uh, wealth. And th- this is not um, by any means saying that, that, that when you contribute out of the overflow of what God has given you, that there's something inherently wrong with that. But God is challenging us in this text to not only give out of an overflow, but have a heart for a giver. Have the heart of a giver. Let me go ahead and pause for a moment and thank God for you, Champion Forest Baptist Church. I thank God for the generosity that flows through the body of Christ. Because through your generosity, God moves, God works, and God supports the works of the ministry. Listen, you may not know this because we don't always share it probably as much as we ought to. But because of your generosity, we've been able to be a blessing to so many in the community. Let me go ahead and work for a moment. Because you give, because you've been generous because God has used you and you in the presence of God continue to give and contribute to the works of God. Get this, since the start of COVID-19 in March 2020, we have fed, we have given over 10,000 meals because of your generosity to families in the community. There has never been a week that food boxes and bags haven't been given from this campus since COVID began. Why? Because of the generosity of the saints. If I had some time, I'd tell you that $1.5 million that came from the generosity of Champion Forest Baptist Church goes to missions work, both local and internationally, to help others know the love of Christ. Listen, I thank God for your generosity, and when we give, God is calling us to remember that we give from a heart that says we're so thankful for what you've given to us that we're willing to give back to you. I can go on and on and tell you about how we've adopted post-elementary. I can go on and on and tell you about how your generosity supports the counseling center that we have to help individuals who are going through troubling times. I can tell you how your generosity has helped feed families and members of the church who are going in dire straits, and that is what we are supposed to do. But in our giving, it is important that not only do we give, but we evaluate the heart from which we're giving from. I hope you're with me in this place. Because God prescribes that we give. And so he looks, Christ looks, and he sees this teachable moment as those who are wealthy are are giving out of, he says, their abundance. But a poor widow, a poor widow who comes with two copper coins, A woman whose life is on display that she has endured 
some problems. She's a widow. She is grieving the loss of a loved one. She's a widow, but hold on, the text says she is a poor widow. The Greek here speaks to not, not just the poverty line. She is a pauper. She's below the poverty line. And get this, even though she is at a dire economic state, where in this context, she can no longer provide for herself. In this context, widows were dependent upon others. And when she appears to have no one else she could depend on, look at this widow because she is in the right place. I hope you catch this. Uh, Lori, uh, with all the obstacles that could have been there, Tom, with everything that, that, that could have influenced her to not be in the place of worship, This widow, despite the condition and climate and economic situation she's in, you see her in worship. And she's probably not seen Anthony by everybody in the worship, but she is seen by one. Ah, come come, come here, come here. I'm just trying to help you understand something. Because even when, when society seems to ignore those who are marginalized, God himself says he has his eye on everyone who comes to him. And so she comes with, with her two, two copper, copper pennies and she, uh, two copper coins, and she, she places it in the offering box. Uh, there, there's so, I, I'm motivated by her because she, she shows us that, that giving, our giving motives are, are, are measured by God. I'm just asking you, what, 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 what? What motivates your giving? What, what motivates your generosity? What, what is the real reason? I, I, I read recently that there are three kinds of givers. There are three kinds of givers that, that make up the body of Christ. There are givers that are made of flint. There are givers that are like sponges. And they're givers like honeycomb. Givers that are made of a flint. If you got to get anything out of flint, you got to hammer it out. It's going to give some chips and it's going to have some sparks. And you got you to hammer it out. If, if it's like a sponge and water's on it, you got to squeeze it to get anything out of it. And the tighter you squeeze it, the more that comes out of it. But if you've ever seen a honeycomb that is filled with sweetness, you don't have to force anything. It just comes and flows out. And we decide what kind of giver we're going to be because Jesus on the sideline, Lee, looking at all of us and saying, now how much do you really love me? I'm back in the text now where he says that if we're going to love him, we love him with all. You remember that? With all our hearts, with, with all our soul, with all our minds, with all our strength. And when God sees our gifts, does it show that we're giving with all that we have? Oh, oh. God already knows the answer. Now that you know that God knows the answer. Would that change how, how you give? The, the, we can learn something. Christ calls his disciples to him that they might see this, this teachable moment in the life of this widow as they're in the midst of worship. And one thing I, 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 I glean from her life is that she had the persistence to worship and her persistence to worship outweighed the insistence of her problem. And I hope you caught that. That, that. that nothing stopped her from worshiping, and when she worshiped, she worshiped with 
with all that she had. You see, when God considers our offerings, he looks not merely on the amount. He doesn't just look at the amount. God looks at the motive of our giving. It's your heart in it. Or have our giving just become routine? Is it a sacrifice? Or is it just checking the box? See, this is all about our relationship with God as we worship him through our gifts. But not only is our giving motives measured by God. In Jeremiah 17, God says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Proverbs 21 and 2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. And can you see him now? He's, he's weighing the heart of all those who are giving, giving, and he looks at this widow, and he declares that this widow, the one who is ignored, the one who is marginalized, the one who may have been extorted against, that this widow stands as a model of a heart of a giver. And he looks at his disciples and basically says, when you give to God, this is how you need to do it. Uh, don't, don't, don't miss this. This is not a vow of poverty. Okay, This is an act of total dependency. The Bible says she gave all she had. She, in her act of obedience to the Lord, was willing to trust God with everything. One scholar said it best. I, I agree with him. He says, this is not about how much we give to God, but how much we withhold for ourselves. And yet God continues to give to you. Over and over again, we receive from his hand of blessing. You woke up this morning, didn't you? That's God giving to you. You made it here, uh, I would say on time, but you made it here, didn't you? That's God's blessings upon you. That you, you're able to see, and I love the way the old deacons at the churches say it, that God woke me up this morning. He kept me in my right mind and gave me a portion of health and strength. That all that is a gift from God. Now, with all that God has given you, how much are you willing to, to give to him? Yo, I, I, I love bragging on our students. We have some phenomenal students in the church. Now, parents, there's a time for you to make some noise. I'm going to say that one more time. We have some phenomenal students in the church. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And, and, and you never can stop learning or seeing how God uses even the people around you. Just like in this text, he, he calls their attention to see what's happening around them so that they can continue to learn. And they learned from a widow who gave her all. Y'all, I, I got to brag. I got to brag on, on one of our students. Uh, this, this Actually, he and I, he met me in the prayer room. Uh, his name's Ephraim Viadex. I think his family is in the house. Uh, he, he met me uh, a year ago in the prayer room. 
Ephraim is listening online, and for all of you who are listening online, we're, we're glad you're here as God continues to challenge us to understand that our giving is an act of worship and that our giving motives, well, that's measured by God. Uh, but giving that most honors God is giving that comes from a heart for God. And Ephraim really demonstrated this. And I, I really want you to see this. I, I spoke to him. Uh, he's, he's in college um, at Southwestern, uh, and he was sharing with me. He and I were talking about his progress and how God was using him. And I know his parents are proud of him. I already spoke with them and shared a testimony with them. And I wanted you to see his testimony because Ephraim, when he got his first job at Taco Cabana, he came to me, and we prayed together, and this is what happened next. If it doesn't show you, I'm like this. I'm just so there it is. I'm just so excited about what God is doing in Ephraim's life, that God has led him after he received his first paycheck, that he's going to give his entire paycheck to the church in honor of God and what God is doing. And so he's about to place it in the offering box himself in celebration to his obedience to how the Spirit of God is leading him. I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you. Yeah, proud of you. Thank you, my dear. That's it. That's it. You see that smile? Because when you become a part of the cheerful givers, God will give you joy. You know, he's a giving kind of God. He keeps on giving. And I love the way the saints of old said, and you can't beat God's giving. Because the more he gives, the more, the more you give, the more he gives to you. You can count your blessings, but you can't beat God's giving. Hear me, saints of God. God is calling us to go further, go deeper as we worship him with our gifts. And as he's calling us to look and evaluate our worship in this area, we have to really ask ourselves, what does my giving really say as it relates to an expression of my gratitude toward God? I'd like you to stand because we're about to do business with God. We sung that song, I I give my life, I give my all, because Jesus, it is you. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come forward as we continue to sing it. And, and now sing it as your prayer. And, and we're here to pray with you because God wants to bring you higher. He wants you to experience more with him. And whatever you've been withholding from him, your life, your, your ministry, God wants to invite you to come even higher. So in this moment, let's fill this place with prayer as we celebrate Jesus. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, 
Of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.